RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Jim DeVico. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 382 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and your weekly report from the Star Trek multiverse. Recorded live on Tuesday, September 11th, 2018, and available for download or streaming on Friday, September 14th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kenna. And I'm Anthony. So, Kenna, what's coming up this week? Well, this week, we're tracking out the Creative Arts Emmys tribute to over 50 years of Star Trek. Black Mirror executive producer Charlie Brooker throws hints at a standalone USS Callister show. And CBS CEO Les Moonves resigns amid controversy. In Star Trek Online and gaming news, we're learning more about the new random task force operations. And Star Trek Timelines has some ship and starbase updates. And as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Captains, remember that those hailing frequencies are always open, and we love to hear from you between episodes. So please, reach out to us. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. We're on Twitter at Priority One Pod. You can even send us an email via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. And now, we're on Instagram. Follow us at Priority One Pod. Captains, this is the part of the show where we have to take a moment to thank our Patreon supporters. New this month, we're glad to welcome David Rutley. Thank you so very much for your financial contribution to Priority One Podcast. Really, without your support, we can't keep the lights on, we can't keep improving on this show, and we cannot continue to provide the content that you've come to explore from a monthly and weekly basis. Now, Captains, we understand that a financial contribution may not be in the cards, but there are other ways that you can and have been supporting the show. We've been noticing such a remarkable uptick in shares of our show posts on places like Facebook and Twitter, so we're so very grateful for your ongoing support. It's that type of social media support that really helps your friends know that they can get their weekly roundup of Star Trek news right here on Priority One Podcast. Now, there's one other way that you can support the show as well, Captains. We're looking for an audio editor to join our team and help produce the show. Now, you don't need to be a professional audio engineer or expert to join the team. We'll train you and we'll give you the software you need. So if you're interested, please email us. Incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com is the address. Or visit PriorityOnePodcast.com and you'll find more information under About Us. Now, let's check out all the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. 
On Saturday, September 8th, the 52nd anniversary of Star Trek, the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences presented the Governor's Award to, you guessed it, Star Trek. The presentation, which can be viewed by trekking out the link in our show notes, was hosted by scientist Bill Nye. Nye showered the franchise with praise, saying of it, quote, Star Trek may have started out as an entertainment series, but it changed the world. And I feel that it changed the world for the better, end quote. A short vignette was shown featuring scenes, photos, and speeches from the six live-action series. Later, over 100 behind-the-scenes crew were brought on stage, joined by Walter Koenig, LeVar Burton, Terry Farrell, Jerry Ryan, Linda Park, and Alex Kurtzman. Accepting the award were Sonequa Martin-Green and William Shatner. Unfortunately, there wasn't all good news out of the Creative Arts Emmys this weekend. As you may remember, Discovery was nominated for two of these categories, Outstanding Prosthetic Makeup for a Series, Limited Series, Movie, or Special, and Outstanding Sound Editing for a Comedy or Drama Series. Unfortunately, they were bested by Game of Thrones and Stranger Things, respectively. We'd like to congratulate the winners and all those nominated. Okay, so um, if you had the chance to watch the video, it was it was very moving. Um, yeah. They op- that vignette that I had mentioned earlier, uh, the first part was straight out of the promo videos for Discovery that were released uh, la- early last year mm-hmm. as they were hyping Discovery up. So at first I was like, get out of here. Did they just did you just use canned material? Uh, but as it shown more the vignette, it was actually quite moving, and I was actually kind of a, a little verklempt, and I I liked it. I loved the fact as well that they put out an official version of just the that that segment. So it was nicely edited and uh, formatted for sharing on social media because I think for for me as a Star Trek fan and a lot of my friends and family maybe don't understand it that well, uh, for them to be able to to kind of view that and kind of get a flavor for like what the big deal is, that was really helpful. So go and check that out online and share it. Uh, that's what it's that's what it's there for. I thought that the fact that they were gaining this award was just amazing. The The montage, as you said, was uh, was m- very moving for me as a Star Trek fan as well. Um, and how awesome was it to see William Shatner and Sonequa Martin-Green come out on stage together to accept the award? I That I was just, I was just blown away by to see that much, you know, Trek royalty surrounding them, you know, as as they accepted that award. And I say they loosely because it seems that William Shatner mostly accepted the award. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am. I was a little disturbed by that, that Sonequa Martin green seemed a little snubbed in that video, um, in that presentation rather. She, I, she should have at least opened it, opened the, the thank yous and then passed it over to William Shatner. I didn't really see it that way. I thought it was a really nice way to kind of bookend um, the series. And uh, I thought it was, very touching, except for the bit where the random Kelpian and Klingon came out. That was very confusing <laughs> to me. But the rest of it, I thought, was uh, just very touching. And I mean, enjoyable. you figure they were nominated for prosthetic makeup and design and stuff, so that it, it made it. It did seem a little campy. It did feel to me a little like a, like an amusement park stunt theme thing, yeah. kind of like those characters. Interestingly enough, and I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but they were playing music from the films. Yeah, and not. Not the television series, which was interesting because they didn't show 
any of the films because of the fact that CBS and, and Paramount are two separate entities. But the music was that of Kelvin Timeline. Well, the other thing, too, is that this award was for the television franchise because it's the Emmys. Yeah. And whereas the motion pictures w would have been honored by the Oscars. But you're right. That middle section had uh, the Kelvin Timeline music, which I which I thought was odd as well. While Star Trek Discovery didn't clinch any Emmys this year, its Black Mirror homage, USS Callister certainly did, the Trek-esque episode of the dark-toned anthology series brought home three Emmys. For those that don't recall, the episode is about a quiet programmer that escapes into a Trek-like virtual reality world. The Black Mirror twist is that he uploads copies of his co-workers into the game, all of which are sentient and held against their will by the sadist programmer. Spoiler alert, at the end of the episode, the crew rally together to overthrow the programmer escaping into the virtual world. The episode and its open-ended conclusion left many clamoring for more, and it turns out they may get it. Following their big night at the Emmys on Saturday, executive producer Charlie Brooker was asked if there was any thought to spinning the episode off into its own series, to which he replied, quote, Never say never, end quote. But this is never going to happen. <laughs> I know, I know, he said never say never. And I know I'm the resident cynic and naysayer and whatever, but it was so perfect as it is. I Charlie Brooker's super, super smart. He's really, really clever in the way he writes things, and I just don't see that happening. That's not to say that there isn't room for one of these new Star Trek-y type series that goes to that sort of dark, weird place. And I wonder if Star Trek will look at that because for one episode of a series to bring home three Emmys is pretty impressive. I wonder if they'll be looking at that going, huh, there's a, there's a place that we could take the sci-fi genre that really hasn't been explored yet. So the thing about this Black Mirror episode is that it kind of ties in with one of their other episodes about death, about passing on your consciousness into this this matrix-like world. And so my inclination and as I, as I see these things is that instead of trying to tell the, the story of the Callister is that they're going to start working with the, the concept of transcendence and moving and continue that theme and those, those questions. You know, can, can the consciousness be moved into an artificial environment? So maybe we start getting into this open world thing and we bump into the 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 crew of the 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 Callister that was kidnapped into this world. I'll be honest with you, I did not enjoy that episode. It's the only episode of Black Mirror I've ever seen. I didn't really appreciate its depiction of a sci-fi fan and I don't know if I would ever watch a show based on that. I think they would have to work really, really hard for me to get on board with a show like that. And I'm not saying it's not impossible, but yeah, I mean, I, I could care less, really. Yeah, it's that it's that type of black, dark, sort of twisted humor, among other things, is very British. And if, if you haven't watched those kind of genre TV shows, it might seem very weird and out there. Um, a good example of that is the the League of Gentlemen. I believe was another. Um, it wasn't by uh, it wasn't by Charlie Brooker, but it was another one of these really weird sort of twisted comedies that I never really understood. Um, every once in a while, a good story would come along um, and it'd be accessible, uh, like Black Mirror, uh, like this one for Black Mirror was accessible for me. But then I've been conditioned a little bit to that type of humor. Maybe that just didn't sit with you. Well, that brings us to our first community question this week. 
Would you watch a television spin-off of the Black Mirror episode USS Callister? Let us know in the comments section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO382 or just reply to our social media posts about this week's community questions. If you're going to New York Comic Con this year, you may want to carve out some time on Saturday, October 6th, between, say, 4 and 5 p.m. Why? Oh, just a little thing called Star Trek Discovery. This week, Deadline.com reported that the Discovery team will be warping into the Big Apple, appearing at the Hulu Theater in Madison Square Garden to talk about Discovery's second season. Sonequa Martin-Green and Ethan Peck, the newest Spock, have been confirmed. The Star Trek Instagram feed also tagged Anson Mount, Anthony Rapp, Wilson Cruz, Shazad Latif, Doug Jones, and Mary Chifo in their announcement of the event, so it's probably a good chance they'll appear as well. Deadline.com also notes that big New York Comic Con panels like this sometimes feature surprise guests, going so far as to suggest that Sir Patrick Stewart might even be among them. Priority One and some other members of the Roddenberry Podcast Network will be attending this year, so be sure to keep your eyes peeled on social media for more information on potential meetups. We'll also talk about them in the coming weeks. A word of warning, our next story discusses themes of adult nature. Discretion is advised. CBS CEO Les Moonves, the man credited with bringing CBS from worst to first in total viewership, has resigned following allegations of sexual misconduct. Investigative reporter Ronan Farrow wrote in the New Yorker magazine this weekend that at least six women had accused Moonves of sexual assault or harassment, and his resignation was announced by CBS late Sunday afternoon. As part of Moonves's departure agreement, $20 million US will be donated to the hashtag MeToo movement. CBS is currently searching for Moonves's replacement. The interim CEO is CBS Chief Operating Officer Joe Ianello. National Amusement, the parent company of CBS and Viacom, has also appointed six new independent directors to the CBS board. You may recall there was a contentious relationship between the Moonves-led CBS and Sherry Redstone's National Amusement. CBS was involved in a class action suit that would diminish National Amusement's voting interests, most notably the Redstones. As part of Sunday's announcement, the CBS board unanimously voted to drop the lawsuit, and Redstone's National Amusement, who have been pushing for a reunification of CBS and Viacom, has agreed not to propose a merger for at least two years. The Washington Post reports that Sherry Redstone remarked, quote, CBS is an organization of talented and dedicated people who have created one of the most successful media companies in the world. Today's resolution will benefit all shareholders, allowing us to focus on the business of running CBS and transforming it for the future, end quote. So this is an interesting development in the life of CBS slash Viacom slash National Amusement slash Paramount slash everything. These rumors of mergers and splits and things have been going on for years and they come around every once in a while. Uh, And now the guy who is always talking about his family jewels um, is is no longer with the company. My first thought was, well, what does this mean for Star Trek? But of course, it, it doesn't really mean anything, at least for the next two years. Well, when you dig into a lot of the research into this and you start to see who the six, the final six are that they've uh, brought onto the board, these, these people have a very reputable resume. I mean, they 
they pushed their brands into new heights. The two notable players are Brian Goldner, who worked for Hasbro, and Susan Schumann, who worked for Viacom and the Oprah Winfrey Network. Then on top of that, you got Strauss Zelnick, who's a veteran in the movie industry as well as uh, video games. So these are pretty impressive names or, or pretty impressive resumes and experiences coming to the board here to CBS. Now, more importantly, these seem to be allies to Sherry Redstone. These are allies to, to the Redstone family and national amusement. Now, my opinion, based on just these headlines and the research that I've been you know, that I've read through several of these articles is that that could intentionally be a great move for a franchise like Star Trek that has such a large outreach in terms of television, film, literature, and multimedia, i.e. video games. It's great. Um, I think the prospect is really great for Star Trek. I think the risk here is that this kind of upheaval and change, and of course, we don't know how long all of this has been going on uh, behind the scenes, but you know, CBS is at the top of its game right now. They have a long way down to go, and this is a great opportunity for rival networks to take a competitive advantage. So I think I'm tentatively hopeful. I don't think that's the right word, but I'm, I'm tentatively hopeful that this in the long run will be very good, particularly for a property like Star Trek. But for the next couple of years, they could struggle. I think the term you're looking for is cautiously optimistic. Cautiously optimistic, yes. Uh, my concern with this news is that uh, whenever you have a regime change like this at this level, you know, whoever they bring in to replace Les Moonves for the long term is going to have their own set of priorities and their own agenda. And we've seen in the past that, especially with Star Trek, that sometimes that new agenda is not great for Star Trek. Now, I think we're in a better place now because of the recent deal with Alex Kurtzman. And so I'm less worried about the future of Star Trek in the short term. But, you know, if these new properties and shows that he's developing don't produce out of the gate, there's a chance that whoever this this new CEO is may just say, well, we tried that. Let's move on. And then, you know, in in three or four years, you know, who knows? So that's the thing that I'm concerned with. There's so much interconnectivity with these six new players that they've introduced in terms of how they've handled things like Transformers, mind you, Paramount ran Transformers to the ground. But Hasbro, on the other hand, has done remarkable things to the Transformers franchise. Not forgetting My Little Pony. Hello? Not forgetting My Little Pony as well, right. So I think that, I, th I, I don't know, instinctually, I want to say, oh my God, this is the best thing that's ever going to happen to Star Trek. We have players who have, ha who have worked successfully in the three areas that Star Trek never has has seemed to be able to get a solid footing. We may finally see a treatment of Star Trek the way Disney has treated the Star Wars franchise and the Marvel franchise, where all everybody's talking to each other instead of there being, you know, another uh, Mego incident where pff, whatever, we're just going to give toy licenses to whoever we want. Now, these these six individuals are the new board of directors or an independent board of directors. Now they're not going to be heavily involved in the day-to-day -day running of 
the business. So they're not going to be directly making those decisions. However, they have past experience of things like licensees or licensors that they can go to for toys or studios to make video games or, you know, animation partners to do animation properties. So you're right. There will be some connections there that they can take advantage of. But, you know, again, it goes down to whoever they bring on board as the CEO because they're the ones that are ultimately going to make be making these decisions on where these licenses go and to what studios they partner with. And hopefully they'll listen to this board if they have recommendations. Well, Captains, that leads us to our second community question this week. What do you think about the massive shakeup happening over at CBS? Could this be great for Star Trek? Could this be a sign for the end times? Let us know in the comments section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO382 or... Like I said earlier, just reply to our social media posts about our community questions. Well, that's it for this week's Star Trek news. Now let's find out what happened this week in the world of Star Trek gaming. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Star Trek Discovery gave us a glimpse into the Klingon Federation War prior to the events of the original series. Soon, captains in Star Trek Online will be able to experience one of the war's most pivotal battles when Age of Discovery launches this fall. Earlier this week, players joined cryptic developers on the triple test server to trek out the new Task Force Operations system, including an early version of the new Task Force Operations Defense of Starbase One. This TFO is a historical retrospective simulation for 25th century captains to experience. You and four other captains will face off against waves of 22nd century Discovery-style Klingon ships. Each wave increases in both size and strength. While the fate of Starbase One was revealed in Discovery's episode, The War Without, The War Within, your objective will be to escort evacuation ships while keeping the Klingons at bay. Senior game designer Jesse Heinig called it a mix of the Kobayashi Maru and the Swarm. So I got to jump in and play this uh, the other day, and um, it was pretty fun. Um, the Swarm is actually one of my favorite current PVEQs, so to have a similar style to, to this one, and it was really cool because when I jumped in, I didn't quite realize that this was going to be a historical retrospective, so the mission contact popped up in a Discovery uniform, and I thought that was really cool. While they haven't connected all of the the Discovery starships in this uh, task force, but they did have the Klingon Birds of Prey in the first wave, which they looked awesome. The original TOS Birds of Prey, or the Birds of Prey from Discovery. Yeah, the Discovery Birds of Prey, because huh. it, it's going to be it's going to be Discovery themed. Oh, that's pretty cool. Now, I wonder if they're going to give a mix, right? Because, I mean, obviously you can't dismiss the Birds of Prey from TOS, so I wonder if you'll see uh, a few of those sneak into the battle. It's possible, but I think that this new Age of Discovery content is going to be very Discovery-centric, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if everything that comes out with this new update is all in the style of Discovery. Two of the most asked-for Tier 6 ships have finally been released. The Narendra-class support cruiser and the Varal support battlecruiser are now available in the Sea Store for a low introductory price until Monday, September 17th. Patient captains finally have the T-6 version of the Ambassador-class and Vorcha-class starships. 
These ships also come with molecular reconfiguration starship abilities that allow captains to select a specific configuration for their needs. Fleet variants are also available, and as always, you can check out the show notes for all the stats and bridge officer layouts. Now, one interesting note about this is the Narendra-class support cruiser is actually based on the original Andy Probert design of the Enterprise-C that he uh, drew up as he was progressing to designing the Enterprise-D. Because when he got hired to design the Enterprise-D, he wanted to design a ship that was in between the Excelsior and and then go on to design the next step after that. And so this was his original design for that. And when they went into production for the uh, episode Yesterday's Enterprise, they actually didn't have enough money to create this design for the model. So that's how we ended up with the actual Enterprise C model for that episode. So it's really cool that this original uh, Andy Probert design is in the game. And I believe Eagle Moss has a ship model uh, from this design as well. Over on console, captains now have a chance to acquire the new Herc Dreadnought Carrier during the Infinity R&D promotion. From now until October 2nd, when you purchase a research and development pack from the C-Store and open it, you'll either receive 10 low-buy crystals or a Tier 6 promotional ship pack. You'll either receive 10 low-buy crystals or a Tier 6 promotional ship pack that now includes the Herc Vedcrid Hive Dreadnought Carrier. And this weekend, until Monday, September 17th, R&D packs will not only be 20% off in the C-Store, but will also grant you additional materials when opened. Research and development schools will also grant additional XP when completing projects. In other Star Trek gaming news, Disruptor Beam, the game studio behind Star Trek Timelines, has released version 6.0, and with it, a slew of updates and upgrades. Most notably, each starship now has one of four new abilities that can be used in starship battles during the single-player story or in PvP battle arenas. A new mysterious planet has also been added, although you'll have to search the galaxy to find it. Also, Ensign Picard and Dr. Leonard McCoy will now be making appearances as new crew for you to find. Star Trek Timelines is available on the iOS App Store, Google Play Store, Steam, and on Facebook. That's it for gaming news in the Star Trek multiverse. Now, let's open Hailing Frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing Frequencies. Open. See? Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Episode 381 was without a community question, but you kept the hailing frequencies open. From Facebook, Dan Canescu writes in, Yay! Tier 6 Ambassador and Vorcha classes! I'm excited for the Vorcha, but I won't have enough Zen for a little while. P1 needs a trendy new slogan like, let's go for a pony. What? <laughs> I don't think, I'm not sure it quite translates. When it's written, it makes total sense. Like, it looks like P1E ride, but then it's like pony ride, but then P1E ride. I should point out that Dan also says random, but there it is. Yes, it is random, but I kind of like the idea that we should have a trendy new slogan because we've always been like, we're a professional and you're Star Trek multiverse news but like if we had a trendy new slogan what would it be i thought our trendy slogan was a roddenberry star Trek podcast no 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 that's title oh oh that's that's title from twitter hayden jones says what storylines would i like to see in age of discovery 
One thing I would love to see is a storyline about the birth of the Federation. If they could bring in some of the Enterprise cast, that would be wonderful. And I agree, Hayden. I would love to see some of that storyline played out. I actually have the Federation book, uh, The First 150 Years, and I would love to see some hashtag Trek nuggets pulled out and put into a storyline in Stowe. That would be great. Hayden also sent us an audio recording of his review of Trekcetera. Hi, Priority One listeners. My family was vacationing in Alberta, Canada, and we were driving to the city of Drumheller to see the dinosaurs. Upon entering the city, however, we saw something that changed our plans. It was a large billboard with the figures of Harry Kim, Seven of Nine, and Tuvok on it. It proudly proclaims that Drumheller is home of the Star Trek museum called Trekcetera. Trekcetera is a small museum which holds genuine props from all of the Star Trek series with the exception of Discovery, which is still filming. Half of the museum is Star Trek, whilst the other half has props from other movies like Titanic, Harry Potter, and Superman. If you like to take photos, you can take one of yourself in a Borg alcove, or perhaps you want to take a photo of yourself in Shinzon's command chair. One of the hosts will also tell you stories of Star Trek, and if you're lucky, he'll show you a phaser prop that Patrick Stewart used in Star Trek Nemesis. It was really neat because it lit up and made all types of sounds. We only got to spend about an hour at the museum, whereas I would have personally chose to have spent two if we had the time. So if you find yourself in Alberta and you want to see Star Trek props, or handle a phaser that was used on Star Trek Nemesis, or if you'd like to hear stories, or if you just want to relax in a boring alcove, then Trekcetera needs to be on your Trek It Out list. Well, thank you so very much, Hayden, for that awesome review of Trekcetera over in Alberta, Canada. Thank you for writing in. It's a real pleasure to hear from listeners and former contributors to the show. Uh, he tried to work on an app for us for a little while. But thank you so very much for writing in. Thank you for your review of it. I need to find out how far away from Alberta, Canada I am because I had no idea this existed. And thank you so much, Hayden, for checking it out because... I'm going to have to try to get out there sometime. Road trip. Uh, You know, honestly, there are several places that seem to be popping up like this more and more often. I don't care how often I say it. If you can make it to the Star Trek set tour in Ticonderoga, New York, because it is a spiritual experience. So it's 38 hours, 2,489 miles, Elijah. You ready? Uh, uh, yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. I'll see you at 8 tomorrow morning. Sounds good. If we're lucky, we'll be there by Saturday. From Twitter, Lord Admiral Salaknar says, It's been a long time coming, but I finally made up my mind. I left my old Star Trek Online fleet, of which I've been a member for eight years, to make a fresh start with the Priority One Armada. Well, Salaknar... We know that you've been a longtime listener of the show, and so we are very grateful that you've decided to join the Priority One Armada. It's a real pleasure having you. We look forward to gaming with you, and I look forward to gaming with you when they do the revamp to the Q system. And it also speaks well to what a great job Winters is doing managing the Armada. I mean, he it's blood, sweat, and tears for him. And if you are at all interested in joining a social group and a gaming group, then I highly recommend checking it out. Sorry, trekking it out. Winters does a phenomenal job of managing and motivating the whole 
of that social group, and it's very worthwhile. Here, here. Last week, we brought back hashtag Survey Sunday. This week, hashtag Title It Thursday returns. We posted a picture of Elijah interviewing the incomparable Mary Weissman. There were comments that rated from G to PG-13, but one of our favorites was from Stowe Shane on Twitter, who said, So, Mary, on a scale of 1 to 10, just how silly would you say I am for Tilly? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the correct answer was 47. <laughs> nice, nice job, Shane. Nice. Check back next week for more social media shenanigans. Well, that wraps up episode 382 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. For more great podcasts like Mission Log, Women at Warp, and The Trek Files, visit podcasts.roddenberry.com. But before we go, we have a few community questions for you this week. Would you watch a USS Callister show? What do you think about the shakeup at CBS? And after listening to Anthony's review from his experience on Tribble, what are your thoughts on the Task Force Operations revamp? Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or find us on Twitter or Instagram via at PriorityOnePod. Don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Friday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 11 p.m. Eastern on Facebook. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if that wasn't enough, be sure to spend time with Admiral Hunters and the Priority One Armada. Saturday nights, the Armada takes to our Twitch channel where they review the latest Star Trek Online and general Armada news. They also spotlight some of the amazing members in the community. Each week, we'll team up with you, the viewers, and earn things like reputation marks and dilithium. With regular giveaways, there's something for all Star Trek Online players, new and old. Follow us on twitch.tv forward slash priority one. And if you'd like to join the Armada, just like Salaknar, then visit... PriorityOneArmada.com This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at Patreon.com forward slash Priority One. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help us spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to our audio editor, Brandon Parker. Thanks to producer Jake Morgan for assisting in the writing of our show and social media endeavors, including Title It Thursdays and Awesome Survey Sundays. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer, Henry Pomper. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to Patreon associate producers, Navy Boats Lou and Jim DeVico. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners, because without your ongoing support, 
None of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Su no. Engage. The interim CEO is CBS. Jesus, these CBS. Letters. R&D packs will not only be 20%. I thought we were going to have to scrap that story because I didn't think you were going to finish it until after Monday by the time you actually got it. Ha ha ha. In other Star Trek gaming news, Star Trek... Uh, that's not what I wrote. And with it, a slew of update... A sl- no, I think it's going to be until Monday until you finish this segment. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, let me get my popcorn. Somebody, somebody stole my stapler, my swing lane stapler. I'm going to burn this whole podcast down. Most notably, each... Sh- 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 Come again? Sheesh, sheesh, sheesh. For your income. For for your I, it's the fur. It's the fur that buys so jersey. Fur. Just drop your R. Take I, it Boston. It's for it's for your for Yeah, your. that's what I mean. Drop the drop the R and drop the R in the four. Take it take it Boston style. For your incoming messages. Well, captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Wow. That's what we call acting. I'm just saying that four is going to need its own dressing room. <laughs> it was so big. It was huge. That, never mind. I was going to make like a five joke, but it, it couldn't. It didn't gel. Right. Five? No, no, because it, the four was so big. It was a five or something like that. Like, like when people say have a five head, you know, never mind. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Can we, like... Do we have a sound effect for that? We have a sound effect for that, don't we? (laughs) No, no, because the four was so big, it was a five or something like that. Like, like when people say, have a five head. Like when people say, have a five head. Five head. We used to have crickets. <laughs> what happened to the crickets? I'm sorry, but trendy no longer is trendy. I, I was gonna make no. a joke about the previous community manager. It it, it failed. Oh. <laughs> Are you saying there should be crickets here? Yeah. Insert crickets here. Some little nuggets. And, uh, you know, to be honest with you, if I only had a dollar and it cost two, 
to get to either STLV or Trek Conderoga, I'd go to Trek Conderoga. I'm not really sure about that metaphor, but sure. Um, I don't know. I made I it up. I was going to say, I was I like, made it up. if you only had a dollar, it took me a minute. If you, if I only had a dollar, if you only had a dollar, mate, you could not even buy a soda. <laughs> While you thought about which one you couldn't I'm, go to. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with it. It was the best metaphor I, I can thought, think of in the last Do you know what? Either. I think it's gold. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> I'm going to burn this whole podcast down podcast.roddenberry.com the roddenberry podcast network